Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of John. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day.
beautiful song, isn't it? Come as you are. Lay down your burdens. Lay down your hat. The, the ultimate comfort is always with us. Amen. Thank God. Always remember, people will fail you, so don't put unrealistic expectations on them, but Jesus never will. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. You'll have great relationships if you accept people the way they are, and don't try to mold them and shape them into your image. <laughs> right. Let the Holy Spirit mold them and shape them into His. You'll be much better off. Yep. Amen. So how's everybody doing tonight, okay? It's great to see everybody. Long time no see, huh? <laughs> Boy, this is an awesome week when we do the triple threat, huh? Yeah. It's like the devil's like shaking because, you know, we yeah. get strong in the Lord in them three days. You come here three days straight worshiping the Lord, boy, you get stronger in the faith, you know? Maybe someday we'll do seven. Who knows? Yeah, I need it. Hey. <laughs> yeah, right? Amen. It was great. You know, it was great last night for the women and the men to get together and talk about issues that real deal with us and fruit of the Spirit. Lori did an excellent job putting that together, right? She really did. Thank you, Lori. Even the guys benefited from that, so. Thanks, Lori. Yeah? There's a lot of fruit there. You know, you... funny we were talking about that because you know the fruit of the flesh the bible calls it in Gen in, Gen in galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the spirit which we're trying to develop is only going to get developed if we fellowship with each other and learn how to use it with each other amen, amen. and then we could actually see it in action amen. then we could actually put it into practice when we go out of here amen. this is a real church amen, amen. all right Let's go to Joshua chapter 1. That's an awesome verse up there, by the way. Not gonna, you know I'm going to go further than that. <laughs> Actually, go to 6. Okay, now it's time to get focused. Holy Spirit's going to take over and use me as the mouthpiece. To get the message across tonight. So I'll just stay focused. We're going to get a great message. Okay. Verse 6 of Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Joshua is ready to take over Moses' position. Be strong and very... Again, he says it again. Look. Be strong and very courageous. Now, clearly, he says, be careful now to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. How could that apply to us now? It's telling us right here. Do not deviate from the word, is what it's saying. Turning either to the right or the left. Remember when Jesus told Peter to come onto the come onto the water? He was fixed and focused on Jesus. And when he was, he was walking on the water. But when he turned to the right and the left and saw the wind and the waves and the problems, he started to sink. So it's the same for us. When we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, which is the word of God, we won't sink. 
When we use them principles in our lives. We're not gazing at Jesus. We're just applying the principles of the Bible and focusing on that through our life so we don't fail and sink and fall apart. So we can be very courageous and strong in this world that tries to make us weak. Amen? The devil tries to weaken us. Now look what else it says. Turning from the... Then you will be successful in everything you do. Listen, you get this word in here? You'll be successful in everything you do while you're here. Then it says, study this book of instruction continually, is what we do here, and when we're not, meditate on it day and night. Why does he tell us to do that? Why? So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. So when you're pondering and meditating on it, this way here you're focused on it and you could actually carry it out. Very simple. Then it says, and obey everything in it. Then it says, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And he's talking to us with that too. You're only going to prosper and succeed in all you do as a Christian if this word is what's guiding your life. And if it's not guiding your life as a Christian, you know you're going to have a lot of failures and misery down here. Can I get an amen for that? Alright. Now look what it says. This is my command. Again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. All right. Two things. Fear and discouragement is what hinder a believer's Christian growth, spiritual growth. Right? Fear. God is in control. Perfect love has no fear. He loves us completely. We should not have any fear. Right? And be courageous. And do not get discouraged. How many of us get discouraged with their walk? Why? He's with us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. When you get discouraged, you're only hindering your own walk. Because you know the Bible's promises are true and He's going to make it happen. When you get discouraged, it only sets you back. Any amen for that? All right. So do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, if any of you are being discouraged and full of fear, these are the verses that you have to focus on and put into your mind when the fear and discouragement come. Amen. So highlight them. If you've got fear and discouragement, these are the scriptures you have to remember. Amen. So you don't be fearful and discouraged. Say, the Lord is with me. He told me to study them, to gather with my brothers and sisters, to learn the word of God, and to use it. Amen. And then... You will succeed in everything you do. He promised that. But there's, a, there's something connected to that promise. You have to study the book of instructions and meditate on it. And use it. Put it into practice. If you're going to become good at anything, you have to practice it. You have to practice the word of God in your everyday life. And guess what? God gives you plenty of opportunities to practice it. Can I get an amen for that? If you think about it, when you woke up this morning to when you got here, plenty of opportunities to use the words of God to get through the day, amen? Instead of the ways of the flesh, which always discourage us because they fail us all the time. And people will too. Nobody's perfect. Only Jesus is. So don't put unrealistic, in, unrealistic expectations on people. Don't put unrealistic expectations on yourself. 
Don't strive for perfection. Strive for faithfulness. Okay. That was a great scripture, Mary. Thank you for putting that up there. The Spirit, right? All right, we're going into a new book tonight. Is anybody going to take an educated guess on what it's going to be? No, no, not yet. Matthew. John. John, you got it. Going in the book of John. Ding, ding, ding. You get the gold star. See, guys, the God is yeah. God gives us second chances. I could have said, well, you know. <laughs> you know, it's so important that we study the Gospels because the Gospels show us how Jesus walked on this earth. The very way God would walk on this earth. So those are the examples that we need in our daily lives. All the principles in the Gospels will show us how God would want us to act while we're here. Because he came down to us in the flesh to show us. Amen? Amen. All right. Go to the book of John. I'm going to lay the groundwork for this, so stay focused. I'm going to introduce this book before we get into the verses, and we're going to get started with this. Everybody focused now? Everybody ready for this? Yeah. This is going to be awesome. The, the Holy Spirit wrote this on my heart to teach it, and here it comes. Amen. All right, the book of John. He spoke in galaxies world into place. Stars burn the heavens, and planets begin orbiting their suns. Words of awesome, unlimited, unleashed power. He spoke again, and the waters and lands were filled with plants and creatures, running, swimming, growing, and multiplying. Words of animating, breathing, pulsing life. Again, he spoke, and men and women were formed. Thinking, speaking, and loving words of personal and creative glory. Eternal, infinite, unlimited he was, and always will be the maker and Lord of all that exists. Amen? And then he came into the flesh to a speck in the universe called planet Earth. Okay? The mighty creator became a part of the creation. Limited by time and space and susceptible to aging, sickness, and death. But love propelled him. And so he came to rescue and save those who were lost. And to give them the gift of eternity. He is the Word. He is Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. And this truth that the Apostle John brings to us. In this book, John's gospel is not a life of Christ. It is a powerful argument for the incarnation, a conclusive demonstration that Jesus was and is the very heaven-sent Son of God and the only source of eternal life. Powerful, isn't it? All right, this is going to get even more powerful. You're going to leave here floating. John discloses Jesus' identity with his very first words. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. 
chapters 1, verse 1 and 2. And the rest of the book continues the theme. John, the eyewitness, chose eight of Jesus' miracles, okay, or miraculous signs as he calls them, to reveal his divine human nature and his life-given mission, okay? These signs are, one, turning water to wine, two, 1 to 11, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Healing the official son, okay? Chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. The third one, the healing of the lame man at the pool of Bethsaida, chapters 5, verses 1 to 9. The fourth one, feeding the 5,000 with just a few loaves of bread and fish, chapter 6, verse 1 to 14. Five, walking on the water. Chapter 6, verse 15 to 21. 6, restoring sight to the blind man. Chapter 9, verses 1 to 41. Raising Lazarus from the dead. Chapter 11, verses 1 to 44. And after the resurrection, the eighth one, giving the disciples an overwhelming catch of fish. In chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. In every chapter... Jesus' deity is revealed, and Jesus' true identity is underscored through the titles he is given, the Word, the one and only Son, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the true bread, life, resurrection, vine, and the formula is, I am. When Jesus uses this phrase, he affirms his pre-existence and eternal deity. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Chapter 6, verse 35. I am the light of the world. Chapter 8, verse 12. And chapter 9, verse 5. I am the gate. Chapter 10, verse 7. I am the good shepherd. Chapter 10, verse 11. The 14, I am the resurrection and the life. Chapter 11, verse 25, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Chapter 14, verse 6, and I am the true vine. Chapter 15, verse 1. The greatest sign, of course, is the resurrection. Amen? And John provides a stirring eyewitness account of finding the empty tomb. Then he records various post-resurrection appearances by Jesus. John, the devoted follower of Christ, has given us a personal and powerful look at Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. As you read his story, commit yourself to believe in and follow him. Amen? Amen. This book is an awesome book. Okay? The purpose to prove conclusively that Jesus is the Son of God and that all who believe in Him will have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are going to heaven guaranteed. Thank you, Jesus. That deserves a hand clap. And it doesn't depend on our performance. It depended on what He did, being faithful and obedient unto death to be the final sacrifice for our sins, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. Amen? Amen. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The one and only. The great, I am. the great I Am. God in the flesh. The Word of life. 
The author is John the Apostle, son of Zebedee, brother of James, called Son of Thunder. The original audience was new Christians and searching non-Christians. The date written was probably about A.D. 85 to 90. The setting, written after the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 and before John's exile to the island of Patmos. Special features. Of the eight miracles recorded, six are unique among the Gospels to John. As in the Upper Room Discourse, chapter 14 to 17, over 90% of John is unique to his Gospel. John does not contain a genealogy or any record of Jesus' birth. Childhood, temptation, transfiguration, appointment of the disciples, nor any account of Jesus' parables, ascension, or great commission. Are we getting this now? We're really, we're really laying this out good so we understand what we're going to be getting into, right? Message and ministry of Jesus, the Son of God, okay? One, Jesus encounters belief and unbelief from the people. Two, Jesus encounters conflict with the religious leaders. Three, Jesus encounters crucial events in Jerusalem. Jesus meets with individuals, preaches to great crowds, trains his disciples, and debates with the religious leaders. The message that he is the Son of God receives a mixed reaction. Some worship him, some are puzzled, some shrink back, and some move to silence him. We see the same varied reactions today. Times have changed, but people's hearts remain hard. You're telling me. May we see ourselves in these encounters Jesus had with people, and may our response be to worship and follow Him. Can I get an amen for that? Okay, I'm going to talk about the mega themes now, okay? The main things of this book. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The explanation. John shows us that Jesus is unique as God's special Son, okay? Yet He is fully God. Because he is fully God, Jesus is able to reveal God to us clearly and accurately. Importance. Because Jesus is God's Son, we can perfectly trust what he says. By trusting him, we can gain an open mind to understand God's message and fulfill his purpose for our lives. How about an amen for that? All right. Eternal life. Explanation. I'm getting excited about this. It was a hard day at work and I'm tired and I don't feel good, but now I'm getting on fire. The Word of God illuminates me. It illuminates me because it's in me. All right. Because Jesus is God, He lives forever. We understand that. Before the world began, He lived with God, okay? And He will reign forever with Him. In John, we see Jesus revealed in power, in magnificence, even before his resurrection. Importance. Jesus offers eternal life to us, okay? Uh, we are invited to begin living in a personal, eternal relationship with him now. Although we must grow old and die, by trusting him we can have a new life that lasts forever. Amen? Amen to that, right? All right. Amen. That's worth it, right? 
That is not the end for us. It's the beginning. As a mature believer, that is the desert of life. As morbid as the world sees death, we don't see it that way. We see it as a new beginning. Belief. The explanation. These are mega themes in this Bible, this gospel. John records eight specific signs or miracles that show the nature of Jesus' power and love. Okay? We see his power over everything created, and we see his love of all people. These signs encourage us to believe in him. Importance. Believing is active. Okay? Living in continuous trust in Jesus as God. When we believe in his life, his words, his death, and his resurrection, we are cleansed from sin and receive power to follow him. But we must respond to him by believing. The Holy Spirit. Explanation. Jesus taught his disciples that the Holy Spirit would come after he ascended from earth. The Holy Spirit would then indwell, guide, counsel, and comfort those who follow Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, Christ's presence and power are multiplied in all who believe. Amen? We have the power of a resurrected God. They're living in us. How about an amen for that? The importance. Through God's Holy Spirit, we are drawn to Him in faith. We must not, we must know the Holy Spirit to understand all Jesus taught. We can experience Jesus' love and guidance as we allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in us. The Holy Spirit wants to do His work in us, but we have to allow Him to. Jesus doesn't invade us. We have to invite Him into our lives and into our heart. And then we have to invite Him into them dark spots too, so we can cleanse us. There's a lot of dark spots that have to get cleansed so the living Christ can be seen through us. The next one, the important one, the resurrection. Explanation. On the third day after he died, okay, Jesus rose from the dead. This was verified by his disciples and many eyewitnesses. This reality changed the disciples from frightened deserters to dynamic leaders in the new church. This fact is the foundation of the Christian faith. When they seen Jesus resurrected, they got so much power and they started the church and they were on fire for God. Amen? We all have resurrection power. How about an amen for that? Importance. We can be changed as the disciples were and have confidence that our bodies will one day be raised to live with Christ forever. The same power that raised Christ to life can give us the ability to follow Christ each and every day. And that's what we do, right? As hard as it seems, and some days are really hard walking with the Lord, right? As hard as it seems, we still do it. And we still come back, and we still worship Him and glorify Him, even through all the troubles we go through for Him. Correct? Something keeps drawing us back to it. And you can't quite explain it. Because if you're in the world and somebody causes pain in your life, you don't want nothing to do with them again. But when God causes pain in our life, we still want something to do with Him. It's crazy. It's like we want more. Where else are we going to go? 
Remember when it was getting hard for them? Jesus said, um, he asked Peter, are you going to leave too? He said, where are we going to go? You alone have the words that have eternal life. What are you going to go back to? The very life that you left? That needed to get saved from? Think about it. The devil makes us think that going back to Egypt is better. That's just what, the, that's just what they did back in the Old Testament. Remember Genesis? They got in the wilderness and they had to put faith in God and start, things started getting hard as he was developing their faith. And they said, oh, at least we went, when we were slaves, we were getting fed every day. But they, they failed to recognize that they were getting whipped and beaten and scrutinized and abused. That's what happens to us. We get weary in this walk and we think that it was better back then. The devil makes us think that it was better to go back to Egypt. And what a mistake that is for a believer. Many believers have went back to Egypt and not every believer comes back from Egypt. There's no guarantee you're going to make it back, my brothers and sisters. So don't learn from other people's mistakes and stay on board. Trust me, stay with the, stay on the road. The straight way. Amen? Oh boy. Amen for that, right? Alright, let's go to John 1. Did I introduce that well enough for you? Alright. Thank you. It wasn't me. All glory goes to Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm just, he's just using me. It ain't nothing good in me, trust me. But when he comes in me, it's all good. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit is awesome. If he can save a wretch like me, he can save anybody. Amen. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. We couldn't see this before. Think about it. Before you came to Jesus, you saw the world different. Yeah. Now you see it for what it really is. Yeah. Wow. What an eye opener. Yeah. Say, boy, I wish I'd seen this when I was born. Then I wouldn't have to go down there. I'd stay here, right? Jeremiah's got an awesome advantage. He was born right into this. Yeah. I was born into a bunch of lies that told me it was the truth. The devil, he mixes scripture with half-truths, with deception. All right, John chapter 1. Everybody there? The birth and preparation of Jesus, the Son of God. Now I'm going to expand on things here and there, so be patient. I got this all ready for us. It's going to take some time to go through this, okay? All right. Everybody with me? Okay. In this gospel, John provides clear evidence that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing in Him, we may have eternal life. John also provides unique material about Jesus' birth. He did not come into being when He was born because He is eternal. Okay? God became human. Verse 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and life brought light to everyone. 
the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen? Once you're enlightened, you cannot get unenlightened. Amen? You can take the light into a lot of bad places, but you can never put it out. And thank God for that. Amen? Because you know, if you're honest, and you're sitting in this church, is healing, we've taken the light to the bad places. Not only physically, but mentally. And spiritually. We have to understand that. But the light keeps shining, and it brings us back. It illuminates, illuminates the path again for us. Can I get an amen for that? Thank God the light never goes out. The Holy Spirit. The light of life never goes out. Even when we want it to, it won't go out. Even when we want to leave Jesus home, He doesn't stay home. Even when we don't want Him around, He's still around. Even when we want Him around, He is around. He's always around. He's there to comfort us. He's there to teach us. He's there to convict us. And he's here to teach us and to reach us. Amen. Jesus is the go to guy. He and he forgives us. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for your forgiveness. How much? Did anybody need any forgiveness today? Thought, word, indeed. You, you got it instantly from Jesus, but you won't get it from people. So don't expect it. You will get consequences for your behaviors and actions down here. Don't think because you're saved that those are going away. You will reap what you sow down here. But guess what? That does not take us out of our eternal home. Thank God for that. That's locked in, sealed. That gives me a lot of that gives me a lot of peace. That alone, knowing that, because knowing my true self in the flesh, if I was to base it on my performance, I ain't gonna make it. And you know it too. So don't come here and be a Pharisee. None of us are going to make it without Him. And we need Him every day. Every day. Every minute. Every breath. Amen? Every second. Every New York second. <laughs> a New York second is faster than the regular second. Amen? Okay. <laughs> Now, let me explain the word, all right? I, gotta, I want to explain the word, all right? Why they, call, why they say it's the word, okay? What Jesus taught and what he did are tied inseparably to who he is, okay? John shows Jesus as fully human and fully God. Although Jesus took upon himself full humanity and lived as a man, he never ceased to be the eternal God who has always existed. The creator and sustainer of all things and the source of eternal life. This is the truth about Jesus and the foundation of all truth. If we cannot or do not believe this basic truth, we will not have enough faith to trust our eternal destiny to him. That is why John wrote this gospel to build faith and confidence in Jesus Christ so that we may believe that he truly was and is the son of God. Amen? This locks it in our belief. That's why he wrote it. John wrote to believers everywhere, both Jews and non-Jews, Gentiles. As one of Jesus' 12 disciples, 
John writes with credibility and the details of an eyewitness. His book is not a biography like the book of Luke. It is a thematic presentation of Jesus' life. Many in, John's, many in John's original audience had a Greek background. Greek culture encouraged worship of many mythological gods whose supernatural characteristics were as important to Greeks as genealogies were to Jews. John shows that Jesus is not only different from, but not diff only different from, but superior to these gods of mythology. So John was presenting his debate and his case around the environment he was in. All right. Now, what does John mean by the word? I'm going to explain that now. Is everybody ready to hear this? Okay, I'm going to explain it, okay? The word was a term used by theologians and philosophers, both Jews and Greeks, in many different ways. In Hebrew scripture, okay, the word was an agent of creation, which is in Psalm 33, verse 6. The source of God's message to his people through the prophets, Hosea, chapter 4, verse 1. In God's law, his standard of holiness, in Psalms 119.11. Okay? In Greek philosophy, the word was the principle of reason that governed the world. Okay? Or the thought still in the mind, while in Hebrew thought, the word was another expression for God. John's description shows clearly that he was speaking of Jesus. See, especially in chapter 1, verse 14, he does. A human being he knew and loved, but at the same time the creator of the universe, the ultimate revelation of God, the living picture of God's holiness, the one who holds all creation together. Okay? Colossians 1, 17. To Jewish readers, to say this man Jesus was God was blasphemous. Okay? To Greek readers, the word became human in, in chapter 1, verse 14 was unthinkable. So you have to understand who he was speaking with. That's why he used the word. To John, this new understanding of the word was the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what he was trying to tell the Greek philosophers what the word really meant. Jesus was the word. Amen? Okay. When God, when God created, he, he made something from nothing. Because we are created beings, okay? We have no basis for pride. Remember that you exist only because God made you. And you have special gifts only because God gave them to you. With God, you are something valuable and unique. Apart from God, you are nothing. Amen. And if you try to live without Him... You will be abandoning the purpose for which you were made. That's truth right there. Do you ever feel that your life is too complex for God to understand? Remember, God created the entire universe, okay? And nothing is too difficult for Him. Not even your situation that's going on in your mind that you think is like the worst situation on the planet. Yeah. God created you and He is alive today and His love is bigger than any problem you may face. Isn't that beautiful? Now, let's talk about the darkness in verse 4. 
The darkness can never extinguish it. Means the darkness of evil, okay, never has and never will overcome God's light. Jesus Christ is the creator of life, and his life brings light to humankind. In his light, we see ourselves as we really are sinners in need of a savior. The light of God's word shows us that we're sinners in need of a savior. That's why the unbelieving world wants nothing to do with it. When we follow Jesus, the true light, the true light, we can avoid walking blindly and falling into sin. He lights the path ahead of us so we can see how to live. He removes the darkness from sin, of sin from our lives. In what ways have you allowed the light of Christ to shine into your life? Let Christ guide your life and you'll never need to stumble in darkness. How's that? All right. Let me go back now. Did I explain that okay? All right. I'm going to take a few minutes of your time because we ran a little bit late. So you hang in there. We ain't going home yet. Okay. Verse 6. Is everybody back on there? No, we're on verse 6. Now I want to talk about some other guy that came. There's another John. Hey, my name's John. There's a lot of Johns. Amen. Wow. They've been called worse, I'll tell you that. So, I'll take that as a compliment, right? Oof. Thank you. <laughs> You know, it's funny how they use John for a lot of different names in the world, you know? They use it for, like, a toilet. Yeah. I got to go to the John. Yeah, right. They use the John as a um, a, a pimp for prostitutes, yeah, right? right. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how they connected that. Yeah, really. They got a bad rap. What's your name, John? Boy, you're a toilet? Prostitute? Nope, nope. I'm the other John. John of the Bible. <laughs> I went on the other side, okay? You might have been able to call me that before, but I'm not taking that anymore. You can't call me that no more because that ain't me. That was the other side. I'm on this side now. You want to come on? Come on. This side's better. Trust me. Amen for that. <laughs> if, if God can take this John out of that John and put him in this John, you can put anybody in there. Right? Thank you, Jesus. I love much because I've been forgiven much. Remember he said to oh, Mary, he said, her sins and they are many. Well, that's what he said to me, John, your sins and they are many. <laughs> and they are many. Are cleansed. They're washed in my blood. I'm no longer counting them against you, John. He says, now I'm going to do something even better than that. I'm going to give you a new life. I'm going to make you born again. I'm going to kill that guy off. And I'm like, really? And I challenged him. And he said, just stick with this and you'll see. And now I look back and say, wow, I ain't that guy anymore. It ain't nothing I did. It's everything he did. He did it all. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, 
He washed it white as snow. Wow. He did that for me. How could I not love him? People don't do that for you. You sin against somebody, boy, they get that in the book. They got the, they call it the record, the book of sins. And everybody remembers all the bad thing you ever did to them. Then you open up the other book, or the book of the good things, and it's blank. Because they don't keep any record of that one. They only hold what you did wrong to them. They never forgive. Jesus always forgives. And who am I not to forgive? That's the question. All right, verse 6. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. Here it is. Not with the physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about Him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who was far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another, for the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Wow, is that powerful? No one has ever seen God. But the unique one, who himself is God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Imagine. All right, verse 19. John the Baptist declares his mission. This was John's testimony. When the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He, cried, he came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need to answer. We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? <laughs> John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you want the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, 
What right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River, where John was baptizing. John the Baptist proclaims Jesus as the Messiah. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Imagine. The first disciples followed Jesus. Is everybody with me so far? It seems like everybody's glued to this, right? This is awesome, isn't it? The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Imagine just hearing it once and then just following him without any question, just dropping it and following him. Imagine the experience. Wow. Right? Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Already his name changed. That quick, the transformation took place for him. It changed his name, okay, when he met with Jesus. Because he was going to be doing something completely different with his life from here on in. Just like you. Your life was changed completely when you first, when you came. As soon as you came to Jesus, he started changing your life. And if you look back, you'll look and you'll say, wow, nothing I did. My life's different now. Right? I got my a church life. Never had a church life before. <laughs> How the heck did that happen? I could care less about the Bible. Now I can't get out of it. 
How did that happen? Well, you know, it's unexplainable. And it's going to say it in, um, when we go in John 3. Can't explain with the Spirit how it comes. It just comes. And then you wake up one day and you're like, like you're, diff you're just different. You just you start to really notice it, you know? You look back and say, what happened? Like, like 10 years go by, you know? And we're still following Jesus. And it's like, I don't know how the heck I can do it. I can't. As a matter of fact, I can't do it. But he who lives in me is stronger than me. He drives the driving force towards eternity. It's awesome. What an experience. If you really look back and see where you come from, saying where you are today, say, wow. I, I can't I can't even like explain how I got here. You know? You can tell me the story on, but it's really like I don't know. It's like where the wind comes from. I don't know where that comes from either. I don't know how I got here. I know where I was, and I ain't there anymore. And I know where I'm going, which I didn't know before. And I know that I have a purpose now. And wow. Thank you, Jesus. I can glory in that. That gives me joy. That I know that I'm here for a reason. I'm not here for myself anymore. I'm here for God. Because I know when I when I try to do when I try to do things for myself now, nothing works out. It causes frustration. But when I do things for God, He gets glorified and I get glorified because I get joy. It's, even if it hurts. It's, I don't know, it's just weird. I, I'm like happy to get punished. I don't get it, you know? Give me some more, Lord. Give me some more. Because it cleanses me. It cleanses me. The only one that can cleanse me is the Holy Spirit. People can't cleanse you. They can tell you a million times not to do something. That ain't going to stop you. But that Holy Spirit, man, it's got some power. That conviction starts growing. It's like, wow. I want to do it, but I can't. It's like, wow, that's powerful. Imagine wanting to sin and not being able to. Wow. Before I couldn't stop sinning, now I don't even, I don't even want to. Even though I might fall at times, I don't want to. That's a, that's a transformation. That's awesome. That's unexplainable. And I'm saying, why would you want me? He said, because you know you ain't no good without me. I said, that's why I want you. You just admit it. I'm nothing without Jesus. Nothing. How about an amen for that? Yeah. All right, let's go to verse 43. A couple more minutes I'll keep you and we'll go. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from, Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Imagine. Come and see for yourself, Philip asked. Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Imagine. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Like there was no way he could have known that, right? This, the king of Israel, Jesus asked them, 
Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Imagine walking, the mirror, just imagine what he was doing now. If you were walking with him, the miracles he was doing. Like there, there was nobody was doing this before now. These people were sick and dying and blind, and he's raising them back to life. They can see again. Right before their eyes, he's doing these things. Just imagine the experience. Peter saw it all, still denied he even knew him when it came down to it. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will see all, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man. Listen to this one. Who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the way to heaven. You get with him, he puts you on the staircase. Right? Amen. And now every day of your life, you start walking up one stair at a time. Guaranteed to make it to the top. Top floor to heaven. Amen? Because of him. Amen. The stairway between heaven and earth. And the only way to get to heaven is to get on the stairway to, with Jesus. And he's going to get you there. Amen? Because we can't get there on our own merit. He says, if you follow, if you want to follow the law, you fail. At one point, you're guilty of them all. Imagine being perfect all the way. Then that last time before you die, commit a sin. Nope, can't get in. That's how it was back then. Remember Moses? Moses was faithful all the way through. Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck it. He disobeyed God, and he couldn't get in the promised land because of it. One thing he did wrong. That's how the law is. That's to show you that we can't do it. Even Moses couldn't get in. Imagine, and he followed him faithfully all the years. And then that one time... That was the that was the that was the, the, the um, analogy of what it's like if you try to do it on your own merits. One time, done. Not only guilty, guilty of them all. You know what I mean? It's not like this little slap on the hand. No, eternal hell forever. Nope. That one sin. Who would want to go live in the old covenant again? Or who would want to bring any of that back now? There's people that want to bring some of it back. You can't bring pieces of it back. Either all back or all gone. It has to go. The new covenant is Jesus. A new and better way. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright, we're going to have to stop there. Alright? There's more to come. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We'll begin with chapter 2, but I'm going to, I'm going to do a little talk about John the Baptist before we get into chapter 2. Next time we get together. So stay in the book of John. Alright, we're going to close. Brittany, Jasmine, and Deb are going to come up and then we're going to close in prayer.
you want to pull some thread tonight? Come on, Cindy. Amen. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night until we meet again. God bless. Peace. Lord willing, peace. There you go.